Hey, welcome to today's episode of Talent Acquisition in 20 Minutes. Uh, today we have joining us Lauren Friedman. She started her Bay Area career working for recruiting software platforms, uh, worked at a leading agency consulting for high growth startups, and now is at home at Maya, where she combines her passion for great hiring practices and advanced recruiting technology. Uh, welcome to the show, Lauren. Thanks for having me, Amaya. So in today's episode, we're going to talk about um, how recruiters are using advances in AI technology to enable and improve human connections between candidates and hiring teams. And being on the front lines with candidates, uh, recruiters are in a unique position to understand the hiring journey and especially understand what point candidates want to speak with a person, whether it's to get a question answered, common concern, or inspire trust. So implementing a chatbot is not enough. Um, Recruiting teams must have technology in place to tap into this first-party data and use it to connect in a meaningful way when there's a lot at stake, um, such as the decision to accept a position, um, choose an employer, or sign a hiring contract. All right, Lauren. So um, what, what technologies do you use in your recruiting today? Yeah, so... Pretty much any recruiter is going to have a multitude of tools at their disposal. There's a lot that you can choose from, Um, whether you're in an agency or uh, an internal recruiter might have a little variance. But today there's a couple of tools. Um, LinkedIn is pretty much the mandatory (laughs) for everyone to use. Um, Some choose to use LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Some use LinkedIn Recruiter. I personally use Recruiter. Um, you know, we're utilizing the projects and the follow-ups, notes, things like that. Um, I also use Hired and A-List to specifically target some sales and engineering talent because that's a really uh, useful way to find um, candidates who are already looking for roles. And then there's a number of outreach tools that I use. Um, I I won't name all of them to keep a little of the secret sauce, but one of them that we use that pairs really well with our ATS, um, which is Greenhouse, uh, we're using Gem, which used to be known as Zen Sourcer. And that's been a really efficient way to automate some of our outreach processes so that we can make sure that candidates are, you know, receiving relevant messages and also, you know, monitoring our own statistics and metrics that way. Um, Of course, there's a couple that, you know, we use to find email addresses so we can directly reach candidates rather than, you know, hitting their work mailbox, which for me is a big no-no. Nice. So I'm I'm hearing a lot of good things, uh, using data, Mm -hmm. using automation, making sure you're leveraging integrations into your ATS. Um, T- tell me a little bit more about the recruiting o- recruiting automation tools you're using and what, what you're looking to get out of them. Definitely. So, you know, recruiting is very similar to sales in which, you know, building your pipeline is the only way that you're going to get, you know, the, the end result you're looking for, which is a really great candidate that you're hiring. So most recruiters in this day and age now use some sort of email automation tool. So What that looks like is, you know, you build out your sequence of messages and some tools that I've used um, are very complex, like um, one called Autopilot, which actually allowed you to do a lot of like if-then statements, which was, I think, geared a little bit towards marketers, but uh, I used it in a previous company 
Um, Gem is a little bit more streamlined where, you know, it's a, a standard like project messages, direct connection, whether someone opens it or not, doesn't really matter. Um, but it allows us to make sure that, you know, candidates are getting reminders that, hey, we want to talk to you, um, rather than, you know, forgetting to send that message. And then it's been two weeks since you've reached out to them. And that's now a cold candidate again. So um, we also use, uh, you know, some of the internal tools around uh, Greenhouse to help us find candidates that are relevant. So, you know, surfacing previous candidates that we talked to, setting up reminders that, you know, we'll, we'll put people into projects or really just remove some of those extra clicks that we have to do in the day. Nice. So a lot of process automation and uh, a lot of focus on engaging candidates and, and reminding them and letting them know that you're still thinking about them and, you know, being more transparent about where they are in the hiring process mm -hmm. and just trying to give them a good experience. Um, so a AI is making a big splash in recruiting right now yep. and in many other industries as well. Um, so like as a recruiter, what, what concerns do you have around AI? What, what concerns do you think other recruiters uh, outside of Maya have around AI? Yeah. So I think the first one um, that I think everyone is concerned about, especially when it comes to hiring, is, you know, just removing that human experience. Um, I think everyone has this fear that if candidates are interacting with an artificial intelligence for the first or second step, that it's going to be a big turnoff. Um, I know at Maya, we've seen, in fact, the opposite. It's been helping right. people to, you know, get connected much faster. And candidates, you know, at the end of the day, if they're actively looking for a job, if they're there, you know, they don't care who they talk to if it's going to allow them to get their foot in the door. Um, my personal concerns around AI is anything that might either consciously or unconsciously inject bias into that candidate process. So, you know, we've seen some companies try and put in place, um, you know, their own screening tool with AI, which was focusing on, you know, resume keywords and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, I find that to be very ineffective because it turns into a game of just min-maxing that resume rather than actually considering the candidate's full qualifications, right? Um, I've also seen some companies that want to use a video chat tool, which um, has a whole slew of downstream implications, uh, you know, where bias can be injected based on a candidate's appearance, based on their speaking style, based on whether they maintain enough eye contact with the camera, which, you know, it, it just allows way too much room for error in that software to, you know, select out a candidate who could be otherwise qualified. Um, so those kinds of technologies, I'm very wary of. Um, I also, you know, like everybody, I don't want to lose my job. Um, I think that there are things that I do, uh, you know, that that an AI can't replace. Um, you know, you can send as many reminder emails to a hiring manager that they need to submit feedback, but sometimes you just need to actually track them down, sit with them, you know, consult with them about the best way to interview, for example. So um, I think this fear of being replaced is a little bit um, maybe overblown, but it is something to be conscious of when you're a company, you know, putting AI into place to say, hey, how is this going to, you know, supplement and augment our team rather than saying, 
oh, great, now we can get rid of our entire recruiting department. I, I don't think that would be the wisest idea. Right, and AI can't replace your entire recruiting department at yeah. all. It's not what it's designed to do. It's not what it's capable of doing. So you talked a lot about different types of AI recruiting tools, um, whether it was ATS-based resume screens, uh, which, which you said you didn't like. Mm -hmm. And you also mentioned video interviewing tools that were AI-enabled. Um, but don't like. <laughs> yeah, also had a big human component. And yeah. you didn't like both of them because of the impact of bias. Um, so where do you think it makes sense to use AI in a hiring process? So I think, you know, AI, obviously, yes, you could inject it into a very small team environment where it's taking over maybe someone's entire job. Um, I think, you know, top of funnel is where you're going to see the most impact because artificial intelligence by design is very successful when you have a repetitious task, right? When there's something you have to do over and over again, like sending outreach emails to candidates, uh, cold, you know, cold emails. Um, I think it's great also uh, for any reminders that need to happen or any information that needs to be sent to a candidate. Like it would be really cool when a candidate gets to a certain stage in our ATS to automatically send them a prep email, for example, of what to anticipate at this stage. Um, of course, you could do that, uh, but it takes a lot of human effort to you know, type those messages up and, and select when and how and who from. So, you know, really for me, I think when you've got a very large scale uh, hiring organization, that's where you're going to see the most bang for your buck with artificial intelligence for hiring. So that could be, you know, even just sending text message reminders to a candidate about an interview that they have the next day to prevent them from, you know, accidentally forgetting or becoming, you know, overworked. That is, I think, so such a successful way to uh, incorporate AI. Um, also, you know, like I mentioned, for those follow-up emails. Um, you know, if you've got already a cadence set up for your cold outreach, that that is in itself some form of AI. Um, I would love for the technology to get to a place where it can actually start sourcing candidates. Um, but, you know, there's still a lot of ambiguity there, and then it eventually could fall back into that keyword selective process, which, you know, it, it it's, it's just not something that I've seen be effective in the past. Yeah, with, with using AI to source candidates at scale in the same way that a recruiter would do it is, uh, is challenging because there's the uh, software integration component. Like, for example, if you're using AI to source on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. it's got to integrate with the platform. Yeah. And then how do you get the AI to understand all the different things that the recruiter is understanding? Yeah. Because the recruiter is going beyond just uh, the keywords in the profile into um, the the meaning of what's written or a referral or recommendation, yeah. and there's there's a lot of different factors to consider there. Um, the the context of how someone applied, you know, let's say I'm looking for a, a Python, you know, backend engineer, for example. Just because someone says, "Oh, I know Python," 
that could have a ton of, you know, implications. Where were they using it? Where in the stack? What types of projects? So these are the things, for example, where, yes, I might type Python in as a keyword of my LinkedIn search, but I'm reading about what the candidate was using Python for and determining whether that's relevant for our specific needs. So that mm -hmm. context is really, really important. And that's the difficult thing that, to teach an AI. Um, it, it's it takes a lot more time um, and focus for someone to, you know, really build that knowledge base. What about using AI to engage an existing talent pool of candidates that you have inside of your ATS? Because that the engagement there is a little bit different because you already have data on the candidate um, versus, uh, you know, obviously it's not feasible right now for an AI to go into LinkedIn and, and search for candidates and engage them through the platform. Yeah. So, you know, the direct kind of real life situation would be, you know, let's say you hired a backend engineer, you, you were running that search three months ago, and now you've got another role. It's the same profile. You have a pool of candidates who, you know, maybe didn't get back to you or, or the timing wasn't quite, quite right or, um, you know, made it only so far in, in the pool before you hired that person re-engage all of those people. Absolutely. That is the perfect time where an AI, you know, can go and send, you know, a message out and say, hey, so-and-so, we were talking about this role three months ago. Um, we've opened it up again. Do you want to have a chat and do that follow-up for the recruiter? That absolutely is, um, you know, something that can and should be done, right. um, you know, by either a person or an AI, um, I think that would be really successful. And I think we we do see that happening with more and more uh, platforms and more and more tools. Um, there is always a recommendation and a best practice to, you know, review your past work when you start a new job requisition so that you're not reinventing the wheel every single time. So reengaging a talent pool that that fell off for whatever reason in the past is uh, is one thing that you you'd like to automate with AI. What are what are some other things you wish you could automate with AI? Or what what are things you think other recruiters that are out there, your peers, uh, wish they could automate with AI? Um, that's a really good question. So. Um, you know, if if you're in a very high volume staffing market, for example, um, just like you are when you're an SDR sales development rep, you are doing a ton of smile and dial. You know, you are trying to just like we were talking about reengage these candidates who, you know, maybe you had on a, a role a couple months ago and now you have another role for them that, you know, could be a contract or attempt to perm, whatever. And, you know, they're, they're making hundreds of calls a day. So even just having a tool that can help them automate making those phone calls, I know that there's some call center applications that already do this, but not ones that necessarily interact with the applicant tracking system. So for those high volume organizations, I could see it being so successful if, you know, a, a tool or an AI was able to dial the candidate if they don't pick up 
automatically leave that note in the ATS and even schedule the follow-up, put that candidate back in the recruiter's queue for following up on a phone call the next day or three days after or what have you, or even a different time later that day. And you could even get it more complex where if someone answers and you know says, I'm not available right now and hangs up quickly, what do you do with that? I could go down the rabbit hole for, for quite a long time. Um, you know, also thinking about organizations that are maybe a bit more distributed with their talent pool. So uh, a much larger company than, you know, the one I work at where maybe you've got hiring that you're doing for multiple offices. How do you automate uh, engaging candidates who said they were willing to work in specific locations outside of their home base when you open a role in that location? Those are candidates that very frequently fall into the cracks of your database when there's a super viable talent pool for you. Um, so anything that really can help you pave over those cracks um, that, you know, where you lose people, that that is the most efficient way in my mind to incorporate that AI and that technology. So one thing you mentioned was uh, automating phone calls and that, that was a really interesting workflow that you laid out. Um, but, you know, right now it's not, the AI technology isn't quite there yet mm-hmm. for uh, that type of service or feature to be available. And on the other hand, um, you know, many candidates don't pick up calls from random phone numbers. And Fair, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of spam bot callers. Uh, even my phone multiple times a day is, is going to ring, right? Right. Yeah, so that, and that's a really awesome point, you know, especially as we look at a more modern workforce who doesn't either want to pick up an unknown number or doesn't have time to take a phone call in their day-to-day. So that process that you mentioned of uh, automating phone calls and automating um, some of the hit list, if you will, of candidates and recruiters are trying to reach out to using AI, really interesting. And I think a lot of staffing recruiters do make a lot of phone calls. But the reason a lot of them have to make phone calls is because candidates aren't picking up the phone. Fair, yeah. Um, so what, what, did, what about in cases like that? How can, can AI help there? Definitely. So you're right, you know, especially as we are looking at, you know, a, a modern workforce that's kind of taking up the the majority, people don't want to pick up their phone if it's an unknown number, myself included, right? Um, we get so many, you know, robocalls every day. Um, so texting, especially is something that I've seen becoming more prevalent with recruiter candidate interaction. And that would be a very ideal way, especially if you're thinking about a workforce that is, you know, in non-traditional hours, you know, or a workforce that, you know, is not allowed to pick up their phone in the middle of the, the day or on the floor. So, you know, texting is a way that you can still let that candidate know, hey, I want to reach you. Um, it's guaranteed, you know, it's not going to hit their spam of their email, uh, you know, folder. So, um, you know, you're getting that message directly to them. And it also is a no pressure way for them to reply at their own leisure. So you're turning a little bit more of that ownership of the conversation over to the candidate, which I think is always a really good dynamic to have as a recruiter. Um, So definitely, I think, you know, we're going to see a lot more, even though we already have a a number of solutions for texting automation, we're going to see a lot more of them start to become involved in some of the major players in the hiring space. 
So something that's happening is recruiters are going through their processes, whether they're calling candidates or texting them or uh, engaging with people in their ATS and needing to update data. There's, there's a lot of data management work that needs to happen. Um, what are some of the challenges that you see recruiters having with managing all that candidate data and using it? Absolutely. Um, this was actually one of the biggest challenges that we saw when I was working at my recruiting software platform, my first startup foray. Um, and there's this idea that as soon as something is in your database, it's out of date. Um, you know, candidate information in your database is very stagnant, but someone could take a new job and all of a sudden you're, you know, out of the loop, you're out of date, you don't have the most recent information. So, you know, it's really, really important for for our team when we were thinking about what software to use, that we had something that directly integrated with LinkedIn, you know, which is the primary source of global talent, you know, work the global workforce. Um, Definitely in like white collar positions for, and um, yes, uh, software for, roles and the type for of the people space, you're hiring. Yeah, for the space that I'm in, that I'm recruiting in, LinkedIn is the go-to. Um, I, I wish that there were other platforms to use, especially for some, you know, of the non-technical roles or non-Bay Area focused right. uh, talent. But you know, right now LinkedIn does have a large majority of the workforce there, maybe not for certain industries, but, you know, making sure that whenever you are looking at a profile for a candidate in your database, that it has the most recent information so that you can say when you're reaching out to them, hey, Amaya, are you still working at ABC company? And have them reply to you and say, yes, I am, rather than correcting and saying, no, I left that job three months ago, but thanks. Um, right. So like if you don't have that data, the right data on candidates, um, you can forget about creating a good engagement with, with your candidates because you're already starting off on the wrong foot. That and also you can you can miss an opportunity. So if you don't see that someone has left a job in real time, if you don't get an alert about that, you're missing the opportunity to engage with that person. Because as you know, for candidates, they're especially, you know, candidates in very select job markets, very niche skills, they're getting messages from recruiters all the time. So your message of, oh, okay, well, you know, when you're open to new roles, hit me up. They're never going to remember your name. They're not even going to remember who you are if you connected with them on LinkedIn. So you as a recruiter have to be very, very aware of your candidate pool and either set up these systems manually or find a tool that you know helps you set these systems up automatically, which is where AI can really, really come into play in a very simple way. Someone turns, you know, their open to opportunities flag on LinkedIn, or you know, they update their resume on Indeed. You get an, a notification, or even it just triggers for a message to automatically go out to them. Oh my God, genius moneymaker! Mm -hmm. um, because that that allows you to you know get ahead of the rest of the crowd because it is competitive for candidates no matter what industry you're going to be in. So having that clean database with candidate data that's that's up to date, that's accurate is is really important for recruiting so you don't miss opportunities and so you're engaging candidates and starting off on the right foot. Um, but let's say you've got that engaged talent pool. Like how much easier does that make your job as a recruiter? 
about a hundred percent this year. <laughs> um, you know, if if you have someone that's responsive, you know, it it makes my day when I get an email back from a candidate, even if they're saying, "Hey, it's not the right time," because that means that's a relationship that I can start building with that person for when the time is right for them. Will likely be hiring still for that role because we are, you know, in a in a growth phase. And the bigger the company you're in, the more frequently you see those same roles coming through your, you know, your requisition. So if you have a talent pool that is checking in with you, that's letting you know where they are in their career or their job search, you're able to make a lot more actionable decisions about who to reach out to, who to bring in for interviews, who, you know, is going to be that candidate that you need to move quickly on because they, you know, have been on the market for a month and they're about to get a new job. Um, it also, you know, means that you can focus on building those building those relationships. Like that is why I am a recruiter. I want to help people find awesome jobs, which just happen to be at my company right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're working in an agency, you want to be that matchmaker for a, a really cool, you know, company with a candidate who has a passion with what that company is doing. So it's kind of like making, you know, a puzzle without knowing what the end result is going to look like. Um, And if you have a talent pool that, you know, you're aware of and they're aware of you, you're able to pick those pieces up and put them together that much more quickly. So we've talked a lot about the different challenges that recruiters face and the um, different things that are taking up their time, like data management, managing repetitive processes, Sourcing. And uh, sourcing. <laughs> now, like, what what would recruiters do with their time if they had an AI that just did all of that? Two things. Um, they would be talking to more candidates. Uh, you know, instead of spending, you know, half of my week sending emails, if I could get those 20 hours back and be talking to qualified, engaged candidates... you know, exponentially your time to hire is going to go down exponentially. Your candidate experience is going to go up because you're going to have all of that time in the day to check in with people, to, you know, send reminders, to send that information, to chase down those hiring managers that you're waiting on feedback. And even to think about better ways to support your candidates as they're going through the interview process, which is one of the most nerve wracking and frictional things that someone can do. You know, finding a job is really difficult no matter what industry you're in. Um, So, you know, for me, my goal is always to make interviewing with us the most seamless and I hate to say delightful because it's very overused, but I want, you know, their experience with us to be representative of what our company does and who we are, you know, as an, as an organization, Mm -hmm. um, The bigger your company gets, the harder it is for you to keep that candidate experience really high um, and really positive. So when you're thinking about, you know, AI impacting at scale, these teams are going to be able to actually focus on shepherding these candidates and supporting them through their conversations with these companies rather than making them feel like they're just, you know, going through a turnstile or they're just another, you know, resume in the stack. Nice. So at adding in AI to the, to the recruiting process, taking off um, that business, 
I guess, busy work really, mm-hmm. right? That you don't want to be doing. That's not why you got into recruiting. It's, it's still, I, you know, I will say I wouldn't call it busy work. Right. It's, it's impactful work and it is important to do, but it's it's a time intensive work, right? It's a, a, a laborious uh, exercise, <laughs> I would call it. Let's let's wrap things up with one more question. Um, so what's what's something you are excited to see as AI impacts hiring more and more over this year and over the next five to 10 years? So I'm really excited for hiring to actually become a little bit more human using this kind of technology. Um, just like we were saying, you know, when, when you have more time available in your day, you're able to, you know, do all of those little touch points that make that candidate experience that much more successful. So I think we've already started to see the shift in mentality for what a candidate should be to a company. And I think AI is just going to help us get there much more quickly. It's it's really going to even the scales so that it's, you know, a, a, a human to human connection. It's not a million applicants for one job anymore. It's one candidate to one recruiter having that meaningful discussion, knowing on both sides that there already are some baseline qualifications that are met. Um, I think it's going to be so fascinating to see um, voice for AI. You know, these uh, screening tools actually get to a point where they're able to, you know, support candidates who, you know, maybe are not able-bodied. That's something that I'm really, really excited about. You know, people who are blind or deaf, you know, being able to have solutions that fit into, um, you know, their kind of world and their experience could be something really cool. We're, we're going to see these technologies, you know, be leveraged, obviously for a, a broader populace, but it's going to impact everyone, which means even the most underserved communities. So for me, that's something I'm personally really excited about. And I think every company should be thinking about, um, you know, ways that they'll be able to evolve their hiring process using these kinds of technologies. All right. And that's it for this week's episode. Catch Lauren and I next week on TA20, where we talk all about bad hiring practices. The worst. Can't wait to hear from you guys then.